Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. On this podcast, we give education and information on topics related to senior health care. This podcast is brought to you by Minute Women Home Care, a home health agency located in Lexington, Massachusetts. My name's Ryan McKenneth, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, Tools for Everyday Caregiving, where we provide tips, education, and information regarding senior care topics. Last week, we had a a new type of format where I read a story of something I found online. Give Janet a break here. We took a month or two off for the summer months, but we are back into it. Janet, what is going on? It is back to school. We got all kinds of things going. So it's uh, my favorite time of year. So here we go. Perfect. So today we are talking about disaster preparedness for older adults and the elderly. And this is obviously time sensitive and timely because uh, being on the East Coast, Uh, A lot of family members have uh, their senior parents that have retired down to Florida. And you had what happened in Houston. You had what's going on in Florida right now. And additionally, you know, out in California, you have forest fires and all sorts of, you know, nonsense that's going to cause California to break off and float away. And Mexico had an earthquake like they haven't seen in 100 years. All in what, two weeks? Two weeks. So (laughs) things are going well for the earth. Um, So with that, we'll get right into it. Uh, Janet, you take the reins on this one. Let's talk about the emotional emotional, um, component when it comes to uh, these disasters. Well, I think when when storms and and national emergencies and things happen, uh, you know, it affects people different ways. I think that um, the younger generation, they're all in contact with one another and they're good to go. But where you have elderly people they they think back to um you know the biggest storm they ever lived through and some people they get scared they don't know what to do they don't know how to prepare and then there's other people that get totally stubborn and maybe they prepare right and maybe they don't and uh i'm sure you had your concerns because you're here in massachusetts your dad's in florida and that was scheduled for ground zero so i'm sure you had some good conversations oh they were interesting i mean um you know he has uh hurricane shutters on his his uh house he just upgraded in the last year so it used to be ones that you had to screw in now they're ones that are permanently there accordion style you just put them out And then you screw one or two screws in or somehow it latches on so that the windows are protected. But yeah, it certainly was a concern when you're seeing like, you know, the the media saying it's a storm of the century and everybody's going to be, you know, you know, going to be flying away like Dorothy from Kansas. But, um, you know, there's there's that's part of the, the gig of living in Florida. Right. And he knows just as well as I know that if I needed to get down to Florida to avoid avoid uh, some disaster in Massachusetts or vice versa it can always happen but you know he he wanted to he wanted to stay put which nobody in the family thought was wise but <laughs> we, he got the last laugh because at the last minute the storm hit the west coast instead of the east coast well I I wonder sometimes would you be any less scared if he said yes I will evacuate and he goes off to who knows where, or he's driving up the highway by himself and you don't know where he is. So I think you're like, 
you know, you, you get scared either way because you want the best for him. But he uh, he went on the stubborn side, I guess. He did. Um, I had more of the worry warts in my family. Of course, my family was here in Massachusetts, but they were worrying about the world. And they figured it would come up the East Coast at some point. And I think they started talking about this storm, what, a week before it came. And any plans I made for the upcoming weekend was like, well, maybe you can't go. Or what if it's bad? And, you know, it's the idea of almost digging yourself a hole of feeling like, what am I going to do? So I think we have to be sensitive to that. And I think especially if there is anyone with dementia or memory issues, one of the things people have trouble with with short-term memory is keeping track of space and time. So, you know, they can see it on the news that it's coming next week, but for them it could be coming in five minutes. So we, we need to be sensitive to that. Absolutely. And then then you have the media that um, that they're, they're trying to do their best with getting out information, but in the, the times where you have uh, uh, dozens of channels that have 24-hour cable news network, you have the Internet, and then you have your regular local news channels, all you heard about for the last, you know, month basically was hearing about how bad Hurricane Harvey was going to be, then how bad it ended up being, and then before they could even, I mean, before they could even talk about the recovery of Hurricane Harvey, (laughs) we had another hurricane coming in that we heard about for a week, and then we'll hear about it for a week, and then, you know, uh, we'll talk about the recovery for both, you know, so you're basically going to be hearing about a disaster for two disasters for probably the next two months, right? Or longer. Yep. I mean, I forget how how long we heard about Katrina for. Not that we shouldn't hear about it, but it's in the news. It's top of mind all the time. The only thing on. In fact, I had to, I, I kind of chuckled this morning. I turned on the, the TV just to get the weather report to figure out how warm it was going to get. And unless you're in Florida, there is no weather report. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was a little hard that way. And I think it's hard, too, because in some cases it can just be overload. And, you know, then they have the risk of there are people that think that the media is hyping it up too much and it's not going to be a big deal and they ignore it. Then there are people that are mad if it's not as bad as the apocalypse because that's what they were talking about doing. And uh, again, I think it's it's hard for people with any kind of a, a memory issue to um, keep track of what's going on and they can't always tell that this is happening down in Florida when they're in Massachusetts they could think that it's that's what they're going to wake up to in their own backyard so I think we have to be sensitive to that and I've also noticed even in my own house thanks to technology we have reverse 911 so you're getting this message telling you what to do or what not to do and you know there'll be no parking after six o'clock at night and again Depending upon the voice that leaves the message, it sounds like Armageddon. So it's, I think it's hard sometimes to kind of keep people informed, but have them stay calm about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can think about myself in the last couple of years. It, 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 time goes by so crazy, I don't remember when it was. But remember when we had, and it's completely un, unrelated to weather, but remember when we had the, uh, the scare with uh, the Ebola virus, or there was some virus that... Yep. That uh, yeah, maybe it was Ebola that you know three people got or a dozen people got. I don't even think anybody died of it, or maybe one or two people died. It was it was, but I remember hearing about that nonstop and being yep. like, what's the, what are the precautions going to be? And the CDC was trying to like not downplay it, but like be like, listen, this is a 
isolated outbreak that, you know, this isn't going to become a problem. But because of 24-hour news and the word Ebola, you know, all of a sudden everybody was starting to get very worried about the Ebola virus and things like that. When in actuality, uh, as we clearly saw, it wasn't a big deal for anyone outside of the people that actually got it. Obviously, that was horrible, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like... You know what you you think about you know like the end of days movies where you know you know fifty percent of the world goes gets gets uh, annihilated because of yep. a, a, a disease. So I kind of bought into. I was like, oh my god, this is not good. This is we got to watch out. This is going to be a big one. And then it ended up being a little bit overblown by the media. Yep. So you know th- I can understand where people can get very concerned and worried when you start. You know, every time you look at something, you know. You get worried. And I think, too, you know, things like storms and crises, whatever, there's great marketing potential. So there are people that want to sell you all kinds of things. And, you know, it just, it gets crazy. And information seems to travel a lot faster than facts. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to buy this or you have to have that or, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, I, I think it's it's a matter of taking a breath. And, you know, I think there are things that that we've learned through the years. I think that there's what I've seen on the news is they learned a lot from Katrina in terms of, you know, being ready for what happened in Florida. And yet at the same time, it took a little curve. So it changed things. And some people that went to one shelter ended up being moved to another. So yeah. it's not a perfect science. But one thing that I came across, and I know we like to offer people resources to uh, to look into, is there was a group of older people that were in upstate New York during an ice storm, and they weren't prepared, and mm-hmm. they went two weeks with no power due to an ice storm. So they all got together, and they put together a, a package, and they worked with the Red Cross, and they came up with a a resource called Disaster Preparedness for Seniors by Seniors. Mm -hmm. And um, you can get it on the website, and it's it's very easy to read, and it kind of breaks it down into three categories, which is to get a kit, meaning what supplies do you need, have a plan, what are you going to do, and be informed. And the be informed is, I think, a, a really good thing in terms of avoiding some of the news media overload, but what's important to your area. So I think it's a really um, useful tool. And I think for either older people to fill that out and keep it handy, or maybe it's one of those things you sit around over a Sunday dinner and you talk about it with the family. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that's always perplexed me with with just human nature is why people procrastinate so much, right? You have these resources like this that, and I guess I understand it because we're in we're in the business of of uh, home care, which you know, as we know, nobody wants to really talk about home care and hospice until um, it's uh, it's at on their, their doorstep, doorstep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless yeah. unless you're one of the people listening to this podcast that's preparing, <laughs> and it's so good for you. Yeah. But like, I called my father up and I said, hey. I, I, while you were talking, I went on Amazon, and I, I, I don't know if they're not selling it on Amazon because they sold out, um, uh, and because you can you can buy them now for $146, but I think that's marked up a little bit because of the past hurricanes. But there's something called the Water B.O.B. Emergency Drinking Water Storage, and what this thing is, it's a huge plastic bag 
that fits the lining of your tub and you can just hook it up to your nozzle so that if a hurricane is coming in, you fill it up the day before, you, um, you fill up 100 gallons of your water in your tub and you have 100 gallons of, of drinking water. And when I bought mine, it was like 30 bucks. So <laughs> you see these pictures of people that go to Walmart that have sometimes 10 or 15 or 30 cases of water and people are fighting over water and for $30 on Amazon or wherever you find this thing, you can have 100 gallons at any point in time that takes up no no more room than, you know, a few books in your your, your shelf rather than having, um, having, you know, cases of water that you have to run out to. So, I mean... A little being a little bit proactive, like you said, with these these different um, resources can not only save your life, but it can always make your life a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just and uh, save money. What do those bottles of water cost exactly. instead of filling? And how much do they mark those up? You know, so yeah. um, you know you can get some. You know, listen, when you're in an emergency situation, you're not looking to have you know caviar, caviar, and 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 lobster tails i mean you can get away with having some beans or having some hot dogs or or whatever you know uh, you want to leave in the cupboard um even if they're meal replacement bars buying a few boxes of that and then you have three or four days worth of food are you going to be sick of chocolate and peanut butter protein bars by the end of it yeah but guess what you're not going to be hungry so that's those are the things that these resources are great but uh, you know, you really need people to go out there, look at them, follow them. And for the most part, there are only a few things you need to do. And then you're you're all That's set right. and you don't have to worry about it. Again. And they really are common sense. It doesn't have to be complicated things. And that's why I used to always think that the, um, the dairy people and the bakeries might be in cahoots. Because every time they talk about a snowstorm, somebody goes and buys nine gallons of milk and a whole bunch of bread and then if they lose power the milk spoils <laughs> so but that's like you say the knee-jerk reaction they don't yeah. want to prepare but you know you don't have to do that yeah and, and it's it's like my girlfriend who lived up in southern new hampshire uh she knew during snowstorms that she needed a generator well instead of waiting for the generator the snowstorm to come she went out in the summer when nobody needs a generator and bought one at a lower price than you know, when the winter comes and those prices go up steadily. Now, not everybody, you know, there's a big difference from buying $30 item on Amazon for water and buying a $250 generator. I understand that. But, you know, just thinking ahead a little bit, since we're in the business of people need to think ahead. And this podcast is to educate people on thinking ahead a little bit for the different circumstances that could and more than likely will occur in your life. If you live in Florida, you probably you need you probably need flood insurance if you want to live in Florida. <laughs> you probably right. should worry about where you're going to get a water if you live in an area that's hurricane prone. So Absolutely. now, granted, if 50 inches of water fall in your city like it did in Houston, maybe it doesn't matter at that point in time. But at, at also, those are probably one of those once in a two or three hundred year storms where it floods a complete city. You know. Yep. Absolutely. So absolutely. What so the. The, what are the three steps that you would, uh, would would tell everybody to do with these kind of emergency uh, and these disasters with older adults and the elderly? Well, the, the three things are, first of all, to have a kit. And a kit can be as simple as having flashlights and batteries. Um, if you have a battery-operated radio, then you can listen to what's going on. 
Um, for most people, as they get older, they are taking some kind of medication. So don't let your medication get down to your last pill at any point. Sure. You should have some available. And if it's because you're going into cold weather, make sure you've got some blankets and things like that. And food that is easy to open or prepare that doesn't need refrigeration. You know, those are real basics. They say candles and matches and all, but we have to think that there's safety hazards to that. So you're better off with the flashlights. And uh, there's a lot of things that now there, the technology is so good. There's little tabletop ones that, you know, can, can light up the room practically. Yeah. So it's, it's having a kit and anyone with any kind of medical condition, you should have that information in an envelope. You should have contact information, you know, where you can reach family members, whatever else, doctor's name, things like that. And have enough that, you know, if the power went out, could, could you hang in there for a week? You know, and um, if they're things that are staples, they will carry you through the season, and it's not like they're going to spoil. Sure. Um, the second thing is is to make a plan, and that's a matter of, you know, you know your dad's going to put those shutters up on his windows, and he's going to get his groceries, and he's, he's going to settle in. That's his plan. Mm-hmm. For someone else who may need assistance with their medication, they're diabetic, their plan may be you got to go and get grandma or somebody and she's got to go to somebody else's house or you have to go there um so you need a plan as to what you're going to do and um the third thing really and and when you make a plan you need to plan for not just that one person but oftentimes elderly people have a dog or a cat and they they need their kibble too but you need to know what are you going to do with the pets Um, And then the third part is just to be informed, and that is not just watching the national news to see what the Weather Bureau is saying, but a connection with your local people. In in Florida, evacuations, I believe, were determined by what zones you lived in or whatever. Um, In this part of the country, it's a matter of... um, you know, what what station or police station, there's a lot of information you can get without calling 911 and uh, knowing what that is. Excellent. Excellent. Well, hopefully people have found this to be informative. If uh, you have any feedback, please reach out to us on Twitter at, m- at mwhomecare.com. Janet, thank you for your insight and your, your time on this. And with whatever hurricanes come forward with us since it's hurricane season and eventually it will be uh, fire season out of California, be prepared, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next podcast next Tuesday. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox podcast, which is brought to you by Minute Women Home Care Services, located in Lexington, Massachusetts. Call us at 1-844-BEST-CARE if you have caregiving questions or needs. For comments regarding the podcast, find us on Twitter. Our handle is at MWHomeCare. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you.